Welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we talk to the people that make the Thingdoms special. Today, we're talking to none other than longtime community member and self-prescribed crypto degen, Fosh. I hope you enjoyed this interview, but more importantly, I hope you learned something. Thank you so much for coming on today. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? I'm Fosh. Um, you know, I am a school social worker by day. I am a crypto blockchain degen by night. And by the grace of God, here I am, my friend. I'm sure a lot of people have seen you around on the dance floor in the Thingdoms. You're a pretty active community member. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard the school social community worker aspect. Tell me a little bit more about that. What does that entail? How did you get into it? Yeah, so I um, I work primarily with 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, you know, during the school year. Um, counseling, leading skills groups, social skills, interpersonal skills, uh, coping skills, all that kind of stuff. Um, basically... <laughs> My friends like to think of me as like Mr. Mackey from South Park. So, uh, you know, sometimes I'll have days where I'm sitting there and I'm telling the kids that drugs are bad. Okay. And uh, other days we're just kind of there hanging out. Um, so I kind of, that's another thing I just kind of fell backwards into as well. Just kind of noticed that as I was getting ready to go away to school and study something, um, there was always that common thread through all of my like jobs that I had had growing up and things that I had done was always either with kids or um, leading some sort of a group in some capacity. And so I kind of just fell that way. I originally did not intend to work with kids my entire life. And here I am. <laughs> so obviously, as you said, you, you had a lot of experiences that pushed you towards it. Um, beyond that, I assume it's probably a pretty hard or at least like difficult job to do day in and day out. What continues to draw you to it and motivates you to continue doing it? Honestly, it's the fact that it's just like a, a different thing every day. And it's almost kind of similar to what we're seeing kind of growing here too in this space. Like every day I'm waking up and I have a general idea of what I'm going to see, but you never know what's really coming your way. You never know, you know, how quickly you're going to get rugged first thing in the morning and everything's going to go to shit and you got to start all over from, from scratch and kind of re rebuild that bag. But, um, I would say just that daily challenge and just having to think on my feet and kind of keep it going. is definitely something that keeps you back. And then the fact that there's some pretty sweet perks that come along with it too. I mean, um, I've been away from the dance floor the last few weeks out and traveling, but I'm able to do that because there's no school in the summertime. You know what I mean? So that's pretty yeah. sweet. And I know, mm -hmm. uh, right after mint when things were really popping and thing I found was really flowing, I was off work again, you know, Christmas break. So break. pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty sweet, uh, perks that come along that way. That is a nice setup. I, uh, I'm kind of envious of that. You may not be able to share this. There may be some sort of confidentiality thing with like with lawyers. Um, but do you have a, a funniest single incident or story from your career, um, of something happening that you absolutely never would have expected that you had to deal with? Oh man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of good stuff going on there. This past year has been real interesting getting back into uh, the classroom and off of zoom and 
back to the real world. So a lot of kids kind of forgot how to behave like human beings again. Um, so I will never forget. I think it was probably like day four or five of the school year. And I have a little radio that I carry with me all the time. Cause I'm like one of those guys, you know, who's got to respond. And I just hear over the radio that there's a huge flood coming out of the eighth grade boys bathroom. So naturally I'm curious and I go to check it out. And these fools had taken all the plumbing off of the walls and were just letting it run. And the joke was on them because it took two days to fix. So they were out of a bathroom for two <laughs> days. But, you know, it's just like dumb shit like that on the daily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are our engineers of the future. You know, I, I hope so, so. You know, yeah. You kind of have to love it. Um, before we pivot over to crypto, what's one thing that you wish more people would recognize about education um, and kind of the, the world around it? Dude, it, it is not even a little bit close to what you think you see when people talk about it. You know, that's one thing I didn't realize even just coming into the field six, seven years ago. There's such a political game to be played behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. You know, the way that it's talked about right now, if you flip on the news and the TV and the way that people are complaining about what they think is being taught to their children and what's actually happening are two totally different realities. So um, I would caution you to steer clear of what they're complaining about and what people might think is happening in your classrooms and just like open your eyes and your mind and look for yourself and see if it's actually going on or not. Cause most of the time it's not. And it's just normal people trying to teach kids, you know, math and English and writing and reading and how to be a proper functioning human being. And nobody's really grooming anybody to do anything other than get a job and pay taxes one day. Yeah. And it's not like that's an easy task at all either. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, crazy, they're... crazy, crazy responsibility to me. Um, I have a lot of friends that are, are kind of working towards that field um, or already in it. And it, it's just amazing to me the amount of stuff that they have to do and, and deal with uh, on a daily basis. As you said, it's, it's pretty incredible, but obviously a very important job um, as well. So let's pivot a little bit to crypto. How did you find crypto? How did it come into your world? Give me that story. Man, I think just like anybody else, well, I shouldn't say anybody else, but most, I think, of the OGs of the crypto class, I think um, Bitcoin kind of first came to my brain incredibly early on. I had first heard of it, I think it was like 2010, 2009, and had absolutely faded it. Um, I think I was a sophomore or junior in high school at the time. And as we all know, Silk Road was the, the greatest thing on the internet and everybody was using their Bitcoin for all kinds of things. Um, so that definitely kind of, it was in my ear, but it wasn't until after college and after I had moved back home and in with a couple of buddies that I really started to take a deep look at it. One of my roommates at the time actually works full time now in web three and we had lived together for the past four years actually after college. And so living with him and just kind of like going to different conferences that he would go to or go see him speak or just the guys that he would bring back to the house to come talk about blockchain. And um, back then, 2016, 2017, that was like the ICO craze. And so like every day there was a new coin and there was, I mean, we think JPEGs are huge rugs and Ponzi's, but back then like it was, it was crazy. Uh, but that summer was super fun. And then, you know, like I said, one of the big perks of working in school is I get winter breaks and summer breaks. Um, so that summer was really fun. And then that winter was super dope as well up until 
kind of the end of right when I had to get back to work, I remember. And then end of January, 2018, February, 2018, everything definitely turned right around. So I've definitely been in it for a while. I've been kind of just like watching. Um, I had a lot of buddies just kind of really dive headfirst into it when we had first graduated from college. And I kind of stepped back and just, you know, was watching for a while. And I'd say about six months into that, I was watching them make all kinds of money. I was like, all right, it's my time. Let's go. So, you know, it was, um, really wasn't even Bitcoin. It was Bitcoin was the first one that I knew about. And Bitcoin's what taught me about the blockchain and kind of opened my eyes to like, oh shit, like we have something here. Um, but it was Ethereum that actually made me really, really excited. Uh, just, you know, it, and what we're seeing now is I think proof of it, but it is, I think truly the future of the internet, you know, it's truly decentralized. It is exactly what we want it to be. I mean, it's absolutely got its hiccups right now. And we're all experiencing it, but everything has its hiccups when you're first trying to figure it out, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I think that's a a great point We're we're still incredibly early in this technology. And so like people are still trying to figure out just basic operating principles for like how to build things and how to store stuff. Um, and so it creates like a wild west dynamic where people are just constantly learning, um, I want to jump back to the very beginning when you said when you first came across Bitcoin and across um, kind of crypto in general, you faded it and then you had this switch uh, as you saw your friends making money and kind of discovered Bitcoin and Ethereum in more depth. Was it just them making money that made the switch or was there something that kind of clicked for you um, on a conceptual or ideological level? And I guess the other side of that is um, what made you kind of fade it? at first why didn't it click in the first place which it doesn't for most people so you know <laughs> yeah so as i'm thinking about it now i'm, I'm realizing a recurring cycle because the same thing happened with nfts down the road but i think at first i just faded it because i didn't get it you know i was a young stupid kid and at the time i think i'm gonna kick myself for saying this but at the time i think bitcoin was like nine or ten bucks a coin and uh i just didn't understand like in my brain, it didn't make sense to trade $1 or $9 and only get one coin. You know, I was like, I should get yeah. nine coins if I get nine. You know, I just, it, I was never a math guy. I never a finance guy. So I never really registered. Uh, and then, you know, I think the money making aspect and seeing everybody make these huge trades and really come up and build some bags is what caught my eye. But I think what started the fire was actually digging in DYOR, learning about the blockchain. I think the fact the idea of just an open ledger and the decentralized, like the decentralization of it all, I think is what really, really got me going with it. Um, so once I figured that out is when it was like, oh, there's something here and there's something new here. And, you know, I was a kid real early on during the dot-com bubble in the early internet age, you know? And like, I remember hanging out in the basement on AIM, on, you know, MySpace doing my thing. And, uh, the internet got boring for a while, you know, but this was, it's kind of made the internet fun again, you know? And so it really kind of took off. And then I think the added bonus to it was there was money to be made in it, you know? And so then it just was yeah. a, a perpetual cycle. Um, but then it was funny too. Like everything for me was just buying and trading coins. And then I got real big into Ethereum and it was just stashing a bunch of Ethereum, just going, going to work and forgetting about it for a little bit and letting it do a thing. And, uh, my friend told me about NFTs and he's like, you got to start, you got to start minting them. You got to start flipping them. Like this shit is crazy. It's going to be the future. Trust me, trust me. And again, I like couldn't understand why the fuck would I spend any of my Ethereum when like <laughs> I can just sit back and ETH is going to yeah. run. And then, 
you know, it did. Um, but by that point, all my fucking youth was locked at the JPEGs and I'd gone full <laughs> DJ and it was like a whole different ballgame. So walk me through your, your early days of NFTs. You said it took you a while to kind of get on board with them again, similar to, to crypto in general. Um, what were kind of your first purchases? Why? What drew you to them? Um, so I had, I think my first mint ever was the Crypto Cannabis Club. And that just kind of mashed a lot of different, you know, interests out there. And so that was, uh, I think, the natural fit that finally got me in there and wanted to, to get my toes wet. And then I found a fun little dumb project called Buckface that was just a collection of essentially just hands giving you the middle finger with a bunch of different faces all over them and outfits yeah. and traits and shit like that, you know? <laughs> um, and that led me to discord and discord showed me then open and that opened my brain. And I, you know, was bouncing around and everything. And that's what really, I think kind of, kind of locked it in there. So, yeah. um, I think those, those real early ones were, I mean, Crypto Cannabis Club is pretty, it's all right. It's doing its thing. Um, I actually then just kind of just from grinding through like that whitelist era and just trying to like make it happen and, and flip and mint and whatever. I was actually in a couple of different projects and I had continued to hear about Thingdoms. And then when I finally saw their art, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Game over. And then it was like heroin, dude. <laughs> and here we are like eight months later. So that was going to be my next pivot. Um, walk me through discovering Thingdoms. Obviously, you found it um, kind of through these discords and, and through hearing the rumblings. Were you in the the whitelist? Were you around before the whitelist? Post whitelist? Give me the give me the story of how you got into it. Yeah, no, I actually found things post mint back in the dark days. This I was actually back in the days when Satoshi was you know sitting under 150 things. Prince is up, as we all know, over 200 now. I was a big fat whale. Um, but it was winter break. I was not working for two weeks. Um, we were actually kind of where we are right now in terms of floor price, like riding submit. And I remember there were some people kind of freaking, but mostly it was exactly what we know and love this place to be. It was B Love on Thing FM. It was a rock and dance floor. There was a, like a hopping. Uh, Alpha Club. There just was like all kinds of shit going on. But once, once I realized that there was something here, it was like, how could you leave? You know. And so the recurring segments coming up on Thing FM was great. Live interactivity of it all was great. The launch to space that we all got to do together was great. Like, dude, there's just so much. I'm thinking back on like where we've been and where we're going. You know. Yeah, it's always fun to hear people talk about kind of like the history of the project, especially people like you that have been in it for a while now. Um, Cause everyone always brings up like different things and you kind of forget about a fair chunk of them. Um, and you yeah, just kind of like get to remember all the different things. Um, were those some of your highlights? Like, like the, uh, the space trip, um, some of that sort of stuff, or did you have a chance to go to NFT LA, NFT NYC? Um, I did not make it out for either of those, but we did through the process of just growing this thing, 
figure out that there is a solid group of us here in the Midwest, primarily around the Chicago area. And so we did have our own Chicago Thingdoms meet up a little while back. So that was pretty tight. Um, did not have a chance to make it to either LA or NYC, but I still think that Chicago is the greatest city that we have to offer. So I'm not mad about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, that sounds incredible. Um, give me a little bit more details of that. What was the guest list like? Who showed up? So, you know, we all know and love our own Damo locked in and we had mm. to have him give us our own guest appearance. So that was pretty great. But, uh, you know, I think the highlight of the night was our very own moderator, E-Man, getting chased out the restaurant with the rest of us by a, a restaurant manager because he carved Thingdoms into the tabletop. <laughs> and we didn't realize it until after we had gotten our check and we were leaving. So it was E-Man, Orwenial, Dibs, myself, and we were ma- waiting to meet Domo, who was still working at Daddy's Bar. But uh, we were walking on. E-Man just points to the tabletop. He says, hey, check this out. And it you know, looked pretty sweet. And then the next thing you know, we're halfway down the block, and there's this lady like screaming and yelling at us. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty sure she swept like 15 things after that, though. She was really, really impressed with our marketing style. <laughs> um, if there's ever a Thingdom sitcom, I feel like that has to be one of the scenes in the pilot. Right oh, absolutely. Uh, so... Talk to me a little bit about what keeps you around beyond kind of uh, the events and, and kind of the cool things that, that happen. Um, is it community? Is it the art? Is it Thing FM? Like what, what do you find endearing about Thingdoms, I guess is the, the central question. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it was always the art, right? Like that was what hooked me. That's what's got me. Every time something new comes out, it's pretty dope to see. So that I think is definitely up there. But really it's... I think at this point now it's the people. So like I had mentioned the internet, it got fun again when crypto was kind of starting to be a big thing in, in my life at least. And then discovering discord and NFTs and trading and buying and meeting all kinds of new people. And the fact that something like this exists, you know, and we've heard so much about each other and what's going on. And we, I feel like we really know each other so well. And a bunch of us, whether it's in Chicago or it's in LA or it's in NYC, like, we all met a bunch of strangers from the internet and it was not even a thought, you know, and to hear those stories, especially out of NYC, which made me super jealous, but um, you know, just to hear those stories and to know that like this thing that we built online, you can put it in real life and it's, it's still real and it still is a thing. I think that's what keeps me coming back. You know, you hear a lot of guys talk about things kind of being like their home base in terms of like thing, uh, in terms of like discord servers. And I think that's, absolutely true i know every time i join a new server it goes right to the bottom of the list to make sure the things stay on top but i think it's just the people you know yeah i i totally agree with everything you said and it's super interesting how many people uh, mention that particular dynamic of like the the community and the vibe that we've created online transferring over to the real world uh whenever people meet up whether it's nft nyc nft la um, the meetup in Chicago, so on and so forth. Uh, so it, it's super interesting. The community is great. Um, where does this all go? Like when we zoom out a couple years, what do you hope has happened? What do you think will happen? Give me your general thoughts. Man, the million dollar question, where does this all go? I mean, realistically, <laughs> I don't think it goes anywhere. You know, 
and not, I shouldn't say it doesn't go anywhere, but I mean, like, we're here to stay. You know, I think that we're going to see a huge iteration of this thing that we call a non-fungible token. I don't think it's always going to be cartoon JPEGs on the internet with funny money that's traded for it, you know, but I think we're going to see some pretty serious use cases, which is going to be real cool. Um, I'm excited to see real estate take it on as, you know, titles and deeds and ownership is actually verifiable that way. I think that there's no reason why we can't vote on the blockchain, right? DAOs work, DAOs exist. Why can't we start to start local if you have to and really test it? But, you know, I think that's where we see some stuff going. And then, I don't know, man, last year was a wild, wild ride. And I know it's easy to say that in the middle of a bull run, but there was some serious institutional interest and investment in the last year. And yes, there's blood in the streets right now. And yes, we've been in a bear market for a while, but I don't think a lot of people have gone away, you know? So I think we're here to stay. I think we're not really going anywhere. I think it's just going to change the use. I think once you see it actually being used for real life things, and it's not just a bunch of nerds like us on discord all day long, talking to each other and trading cartoons, I think people are going to stop shitting on it and realize that like, this is, we have something here, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of the use cases that you identified um, are a lot easier for people to understand um, and understand the value of than cartoons, uh, right. you know, um, and, and it's a lot easier to be like, here's a secure system of voting um, that's also transparent. Are you interested in this versus, you know, here's NFTs is this, right. you know, art system. Um, which is appealing to some people, obviously, but not to everyone. Um, moving towards wrapping this up, give me like a, a final thought or two thoughts that you would want to leave with the Thingdoms community. Um, just like a general thing that you'd want them to, to know or think about or, or take into consideration. Man, I think, I think it's just a testament. I think we should look back at ourselves and we should be proud of where we're at. And I think that a lot of people can say a lot of things about what has or hasn't come to fruition over the last course of, you know, seven, eight months at this point, where are we August, eight months. Um, but we're still here, you know, and we're not going anywhere. Like I said, nothing's going anywhere. So I think that is huge. And I think that's something incredibly important to remember. And I think we're all incredibly patient people here. And I think we've shown that really well as a community. So I think we just continue to chill and do our thing. Like we, the patient will be rewarded. You know, it's been that way for a while. Um, like I said, I first faded Bitcoin. It was nine or 10 bucks a coin. The patient will be rewarded. So just remember that. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to connect with Fage, you can find them on Twitter at Fage Pumps. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can also find me on Twitter at It's Luca WM. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Fage for joining me on the show today and sharing their story. And a huge thank you to the entire Thingdoms community that makes this possible. If you know someone that should be featured on the show, reach out to me on Twitter or on Discord. I'd love to hear your perspective. As always, do good things, stay thingy, and I'll see you next week.